Welcome to the Faith Christian Fellowship of Montego Bay's podcast. We are reaching for His glory through building and teaching. I hope you are encouraged and edified by this message. The Doctrine of Eternal States. It is impossible to deal with final judgment of God without involving the resurrections. And without taking anything away from resurrection from the awesomeness of resurrection resurrection is not really a new occurrence to man from the old testament right over to the new testament we have seen examples of resurrection so it is not necessarily a a new occurrence to man however we have never seen what i call a mass resurrection in the earth before. And that is what the end of the age comes with. Things like the rapture and all of that, they're going to involve mass resurrection. And just imagine what a day that will be. And the scripture says in 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 16 and 17, that the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. And the dead in Christ, all of the dead in Christ shall rise. That is a mass resurrection. And simultaneously with that, at the very same time, parallel to that is that those who are alive and remain will be caught up together with those who are raised from the dead to meet the Lord in the air. Now, for those of us who are alive and remain to be caught up, it means that we're going to have to be transformed. So all of that is taking place almost simultaneously, where man that is still living on earth would be changed from mortal to immortality, while dead dead are being raised, and only God could do it that way, that we will be caught up together, together to meet the Lord in the air. So the resurrections and the judgment of God are vitally linked. They they cannot be separated. Resurrection precedes judgment and judgment necessitates resurrection. So both of them work together and uh, it is important that we uh, remember that. The the, the principles of the doctrines of the Christian faith involve the resurrection of the dead, of course, and eternal judgment. So scriptures like Hebrews 9.27 that talks about it is appointed unto man once to die, but after death comes the judgment. Scriptures like Revelation chapter 20 verse 1 through 15 that speaks to the great white throne judgment. Oh, John said, I saw the dead small and great stand before God and all of that. Scriptures like Hebrews 6 and Acts 17, all of these scriptures deal with resurrection and then great white throne judgment. So as I said before, resurrection precedes judgment and judgment necessitates resurrection. So Judgment and resurrection are inseparable. We have to 
see them always vitally linked. So both Old and New Testaments speak of two resurrections when it comes to the whole race of mankind. And by two resurrection, I mean there will be a resurrection for the righteous and there will be a resurrection for those who don't know the Lord, all right? So if we go back to that scripture that I quoted earlier in 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 16 and 17, it says, the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. Then it goes on to say, the dead in Christ shall rise first. So that resurrection inside of the, that, that has to do with the rapture there is talking about the dead in Christ. It is not all people who have been dead are going to rise at that moment. It is the dead in that shall rise. And there will be another resurrection of those who don't know the Lord so that they can face the judgment. In fact, in Revelations, the book of Revelation, tells us that these resurrections, that's the resurrection of the righteous and the resurrection of those who don't know God, are actually a thousand years apart. See, it pays to serve the Lord. Th these resurrections are a thousand years apart. And John states in Revelation, he said, blessed and holy are those who have part in the first resurrection. That's the one that to do with the rapture because that's the righteous that is going to be resurrected in that one. He said, blessed and holy are those who have part in the first resurrection because they are judged and receive eternal life. And according to the scripture, it says, those who have part in the first resurrection, the second death has no power over them. The second death speaks to eternal separation from God. It's really hell. So if you have part in the first resurrection, the second death have no power over you. So those who serve the Lord, you will not regret it because if you take part in the first resurrection, you will come alive long before those who don't serve the Lord and you will be able to reign with God during that time called the millennium. So the ultimate and eternal state the punishment of the wicked and the rewarding of the righteous is seen in the places that the scripture call heaven and hell. Heaven is the eternal dwelling place of the righteous, while hell is the eternal dwelling place of the wicked. Whatever other rewards the believer or the unbeliever receives, the eternal reward of Heaven or hell will be the ultimate reward. We want the reward of heaven. But please remember that rewards eternity are settled in time. So you don't get there and get a chance to see both of them, heaven and hell, and say, okay, this one looks better and I prefer this one. No, you have to settle it not here in time. So I want to take a few moments to provide an outline of what the scripture teaches about 
these two places that speaks to it, the eternity of man, heaven and hell. You see, many times people want to believe in heaven, but believe that there is no hell. But that is really inconsistent to have one without the other in, in the case of sin and righteousness. And we will uh, prove that as we press on. One of the things that you would realize uh, even as we go through is that, and I want to make this point here, that uh, sometimes heaven is, is used as a general term to describe different dimensions of what the word is speaking to. And the hell is also used the same way to describe different dimensions of what it really means. So it's, the, both words are used in general sense sometimes, but for the most part, they are actually specifically speaking to the different aspects in the Bible. So let's deal with heaven first, because if we only get the chance to deal with one, it have to be heaven. We'll, we will talk about both of them tonight, but you know, heaven is what we want to really keep before you. Heaven is what we want to spend even a little bit more time on because we have learned over time that you keep before people what you want them to follow. We want you to follow heaven, not hell. So we want to put the emphasis on heaven. Heaven is the dwelling place of the redeemed. Heaven is the dwelling place of God and the elect angels. It is the everlasting home of the redeemed of all mankind. And the Hebrew word shamain, S-H-A-M-A-Y-I-N, is translated heaven. The Greek word uranoi, that's O-U-R, a-N-O-I is also translated heavens. Both words, both the Hebrew and the Greek word translated heavens. And I want you to make a note of that. It is heavens with the hes plural. It is not uh, just heaven. And I find it interesting that both words, both the Hebrew word and the Greek word are both translated heavens or uh, in the case of the Greek word, it also means skies. Now, heaven is an actual place. It is not a pie in the sky idea. It is not something that is way off in our thoughts or anything like that. It is an actual place. In fact, I want to read a scripture out of Genesis chapter 2 verse one uh, that, that, that speaks to that, just to ensure that, you know, we keep a scripture before you as it relates to some of the critical aspects of what we're talking about. It says, thus the heavens, now interesting again, you see that word heavens, is, heaven is pluralized there. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them, right? Heaven is an actual place. Heaven is spoken of in the scripture as God's 
dwelling place. You'll find that in scriptures like Hebrews 1 verse 10 and in Zechariah 12 verse 1 and throughout the Chronicles, you'll find that. The heavens were created by the Lord God. And so they didn't just come into space. It's not an idea of the Big Bang Theory. They were created. The heavens were created by the Lord God. So the scripture teaches that there are three dimensions of heaven. And these three di um, dimensions, or three heavens as they call them sometimes, are the reality of the shadow cast on earth in the three places of the tabernacle of Moses and the temple of Solomon. In other words, the, the temple of Solomon and the tab tabernacle of Moses have three main divisions. They are, you have the most holy place or the holy of holies as some people would say. You have the holy place and you have the outer courts. And these three dimensions were modeled of the heaven. When you look at the scriptures carefully, they were modeled of uh, the heavens and Revelation chapter 11, Hebrews chapter 8 will, will speak further to those, to that particular situation. Now, we're going to take a moment now to look at the, the third heaven. Remember I said there are three dimensions of heaven, and we're going to start with the third heaven. Remember Paul shared one time in one of his epistles how he was caught up into the third heaven and heard unspeakable words. He was just mystified and awed by that particular experience. He couldn't even quite explain it because it was such an experience. At the Mount of Transfiguration, the disciples that were with Jesus got a glimpse, a taste of it. It wasn't the third heaven in its fullness, but they got a, a snip of it. And they were also odd. The third heaven, or what is called the immediate presence of God, is the same place that is really called paradise. As I said before, sometimes these words are used in a general sense to speak to the whole of the dimensions of heaven but there are other places that they're very specific to particular areas. So the third heaven or the immediate presence of God is called, also called paradise. It is heaven's holiest of all, or this would be considered the most holy place. So the tabernacle of uh, Moses or the temple of Solomon would have had in, in it the, the, the most holy place or the holy of holies. That would be um, modeled from the third heaven, the most holy place, the holy of holies. It is the very throne room of the eternal Godhead. And remember we spoke to, it is the very throne room of the eternal Godhead and the place of the brightness of God's glory. It is the original of all that has ever been shadowed forth on earth in the tabernacle of Moses, 
and the temple of Solomon. Now, you might wonder why we keep saying tabernacle, I keep saying tabernacle and temple, but it's not really much of a difference, but it was called tabernacle when it was mobile, when it was moving from place to place. So when Moses would move from Kadesh to Sinai and throughout the wilderness um, and they moved with it, it was referred to as tabernacle in the mobile state. But once it was fixed in one place, built and, and, and fixed in one place, it was referred to as temple. So it's really in essence, the same departments and all that kind of stuff. It's just really the mobility of it that cause one to be called, referred to as tabernacle and one temple. The third event, I want to read a scripture from 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses one through four, and from Luke chapter 23, verse 43. So let's read those two scriptures. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, one through four, and then we're going to read Luke 23, verse 43. It said, it is not expedient for me, doubtless to glory. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago or about 14 years ago, whether in the body, I cannot tell, or whether out of the body, I cannot tell. God knoweth such an one caught up in the third heaven. And I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. God knoweth. He's saying, well, believe me, I can't quite explain the fullness of it. How that he was caught up into paradise. So you see, he linked the third heaven with paradise there and heard unspeakable words, which it is not lawful for a man to speak. From further studies and all of that, reading the, the rest of the text and the pretext to that, we know that Paul was talking about himself. So he talked about his experience. This is the, the third heaven, is the, the same place that Revelation talks about when in Revelations, uh, Revelation 4, it talks about the elders, the 24 elders and the beasts around the throne and, and they were singing. And uh, I think in Revelation 4 verse 11, it says they, they, they were singing, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things and for thy pleasures they are and were created. That's what takes place in heaven, in, in paradise, in the third heaven. And as you, you worship God with those songs and think about that experience and all of that, you're bound to connect with something. That's why I'm a firm believer that those are the songs we should spend more time with. I'm not saying there's not a time to you know, sing some of the cultural songs and enjoy a moment of those. We should rest with those who connect us or that connects us with the very throne room of God, the very presence of God. Luke 23, verse uh, 43. And Jesus said unto him, this is the time when Jesus was on the cross. Jesus said unto the one that honored him, that recognized him as 
Savior, and Lord. Verily or truly I say to you, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. He simply acknowledged Jesus as Lord, King. Jesus said, you're going to be with me in paradise. As I said before, heaven itself is the presence of God. Heaven speaks to God's dwelling place, talking about the third heaven now. It is also the heaven of heavens, and it is the very throne room of God. Let's take a look at the second heaven. This is the central, uh, considered to be the central one, the central heaven. And when I say central, that means it is between the other two, right? It is also known as the, sorry, it is, it corresponds with the holy place of the earthly tabernacle of Moses. So the third heaven corresponds with the most holy place. The second heaven corresponds with the holy place of the earthly, earthly tabernacle of Moses or the temple of Solomon. It is the heaven that has the, in it the untold billion of planets, galaxies, Milky Way, all that kind of stuff that speaks to uh, the second heaven, the star worlds and the sun moving uh, according to their God will orbits in various glories. And I'm saying to you that that particular heaven has so many facets to it. The expanse of it is of such that man knows that is it, it exists, but cannot uh, explore it. Because as I said, and man has discovered this, it has untold billions of planets. Now, you think about the planet Earth. We really can't exhaust planet Earth, but we're talking about a heaven now that has billions of planets. It is these um, planets that really causes man in his research to understand that uh, many times that there is something beyond us that we have to admit can only happen, is only possible by a higher power. And uh, there are scriptures like um, Isaiah 50, verses 3, 51, verses 6, Isaiah 13, verses 13, that, that speaks to uh, this second heaven that we're, we're talking about. And in fact, let's take a look at one of these scriptures. Let's look at Isaiah 13, verse 13. Isaiah 13, and we're going to read verse number 13. It says, therefore, I will shake the heavens and the earth shall remove out of her place in the wrath of the Lord of hosts and in the day of his fierce anger. So if you remember carefully, John said one time in Revelation, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first, uh, the first earth were passed away, 
and there was no more sea. And while that has direct relation to the, this, the first heaven, it is also linked to the second heaven because in that same revelation, not too far from that particular place in Revelation 21, we will read how the stars from heaven shall fall. The sun will not give her light anymore. It will become black. And remember that the sun and all that kind of stuff is in, involved in these heavens. And they are the ones that are going to not, be, not give light so that the earth can function in the way it usually functions. And that is why men will have a very torrid time living on earth. The Bible says men will run to the rock and say, fall on us and kill us. And the rock will run from it. We don't want to be here in that time because that particular time period is speaking to the time of the great tribulation. The church, according to the teachings of the scripture, we expect the church to be raptured before that time. In fact, we believe, according to the teaching of the scripture, that the church will be raptured before the great tribulation. Let's look at the first heaven. Take a look at the first heaven. The first heaven from man's uh, point of view is what we call the atmospheric heaven. It is the heaven immediately above and surrounding the planet Earth. It is the atmospheric heaven that man depends on for breath, sustenance, and earth production by wind, sun, and rain. It corresponds to the outer court of the tabernacle of Moses and, of course, the temple of Solomon. So while the third heaven corresponds to the holy of holies, the second heaven corresponds to the holy place, the first heaven corresponds to the outer court, right? This heaven, as I said before, will be followed by a new heaven and a new earth. In fact, I want to read that in Revelations chapter 21. Read a little bit about that in Revelations chapter 21. Oh, this heaven will be followed by a new heaven and a new earth. Because sometimes when we read that, we probably think about the general heaven. Uh, we think about how um, is the third heaven going to be replaced? That's not what it is really saying at all. In verse 1 of Revelation 21, John said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. So that is speaking to, to this first heaven that we're, we're speaking to. The first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there was no more sea. Now that is interesting because theologians believe that the no more sea means that there will be no more boundaries between the heavens so to speak. Those boundaries, what the sea create as boundaries now, will be no more. So the expanse of the first heaven 
and certainly the, 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 the second heaven will be to the inheritance of man. John said in verse two, I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, behold, the tabernacle of God is with man. Remember, we, we were linking the, the different heavens or the different dimensions of heaven to the tabernacle. Here we're seeing the link again. And he will dwell with them. That means, hey, this is one big holy, holy of holies. He will dwell with them and they shall be his people and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes and there shall be no more death neither sorrow nor crying, neither, there, neither shall there be any more pain for the former things are passed away. Ladies and gentlemen, I am saying to you, that is not merely a story. That is not just some writings. That is reality that will hit you one day. That the reality of that will hit all of us one day when this life, mortality, will be swallowed up in life and we will transition into the life of immortality. I want to remind you that eternal rewards are settled in time. And the, the two rewards really come down to heaven or hell. You have to settle that in time. This is why you cannot afford to, for some reason not serve the Lord because some church hurt you or whatever it is, you cannot afford to back down on God. I've seen people serve the Lord for 25 years, 35 years, and then walk away from God and do some crazy stuff and all that kind of stuff. You cannot afford that, my brothers and sisters. Serving the Lord have to be a lifelong mission. It must be enveloped in your mind, in your spirit, that this is forever. You talk about marriage is forever? No, serving the Lord. Of course, yeah, marriages should be forever, but serving the Lord even tops that. So I have no plan to serve the Lord until certain years and then step off into anything else. We're serving the Lord forever. And I am looking forward to seeing all of you on the right side of eternity when that transition takes place. All right, let's look at hell. Let's, let's take a look at hell, the other side of eternity, the dwelling place of the unredeemed. Hell is the place or state of final punishment of the wicked, of all who die in their sins and unregenerated state. You might say, well, Pastor, I'm, I'm not wicked. I, I really reach out to people and all of that. And I don't kill anybody and all of that kind of stuff. Well, if you stay in an unregenerated state, that is what the classification. You miss eternity with God. Hell is an actual place 
it is certainly not a, not a myth. The devil enjoys when people think that there is no hell. In fact, I believe that propaganda is from the kingdom of darkness to get people to go to hell. But I'm saying to you tonight, you don't need to experience hell to know that it is real. You, you don't need to. You just need to believe the preaching of the gospel. You don't have to experience it. You just need to believe the preaching of the gospel. Hell was not made for mankind, but was actually prepared, the Bible says, for the devil and his angels. But if a man choose to serve the devil, then they will dwell eternally in hell. But really, it wasn't made for you. And I want to prove that from the scriptures. Let's read St. Matthew chapter 25, verse 41. And then we're going after that, we're going to read Revelations chapter 20, verse 12 to 15. Matthew 25, 41. Then shall he say also unto them on the left and depart from me, he cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. So that everlasting fire to speak of is, is hell. And we'll touch on that in a moment. And it, the Bible says here in Matthew, it was prepared for the devil and his angels. You're certainly not the devil or his angel. So you should not want to quote that. Let's read uh, Revelations chapter 20 and read from verse 12 down to verse 15. So you cannot declare that you're fearfully and wonderfully made and then go to a place for the devil and his angels. Doesn't work at all. We have to ensure that we fix that. Verse 12, and we're going to read down to verse 15. John said, I saw the dead, small and great stand before God. This is after both resurrections take place, the resurrection of the righteous and the resurrection of the wicked. He said, I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books, according to their works according to their works remember now the works would be speaking about time in time so they were judged according to what they did in time according to their works and the sea gave up the dead which were in it and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them and they were judged every man according to their works Works is speaking about in time because there ain't no work to be done after you die. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Death and hell were cast into, put it this way, the bigger hell, the lake of fire. And th this is the second death. Remember we said earlier, the Bible says those who have part in the first resurrection the second death has no power over them. Verse 15, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. You make sure you are found written. Your name must be written in there. Our labor cannot be in vain 
in the Lord, your name must be found in the book of life. Otherwise, this Bible study session will play over every second in hell and the torment would even be greater. But you are not going to experience that. So we're not even going down that road. Your name will be in the book of life. I look forward to seeing you on the right side of eternity when we transition. We're looking forward to that. I remember uh, preaching about the great white throne judgment at a, a open air meeting over in Adelphi. I don't really consider myself an open air speaker, preacher, so to speak, but there are the occasions when those assignment, assignments arise and you have to respond. But I preach on the great white throne judgment. And you know, that devil lied to me, was trying to lie to me throughout that whole message that nobody is going to respond. You try to play those tricks in your mind sometime, you know. Um, nobody's going to respond to the altar call and all that kind of stuff. I can't forget that that, that meeting. Just keep harassing my mind with that. But after I made the altar call. I saw a Rastaman came forward to the altar. And that I never seen a Rastaman cry like that. Cried, gave his life to the Lord, repented, changed his way, because he heard the preaching of the gospel and he chose to settle eternity consciously in time. And it's the same thing I'm saying to you tonight that you can't wait and regret it. You have to settle eternity here in time. The scripture speaks of three divisions of the underworld or hell. And each can find their division swallowed up in uh, Gehenna, which is the final hell. So there are three different divisions, but each division will, will eventually find themselves swallowed up in the what we call the bigger hell, which is the lake of fire or Gehenna, as we will explain in a moment. The first division is what is called Sheol or Hades. The same place, same thing. There's two different words. Sheol, Sheol is S-H-E-O-L, uh, Hades, H-A-D-E-S. Both words are translated as hell from the Greek and refers, both of them refers to down as down in the earth. Revelations chapter one, verse 18, Luke 16, 23, Psalm 18, five are among scriptures that speaks to Sheol or Hades. They are both known as place or as the place for departed spirits. That means people have uh, died in terms of this life. Your spirit depart from your body, Sheol and Hades. If you are not walking with the Lord is where those departed spirits would be. Hades is actually described as having gates, which is interesting because you remember Jesus told Peter, upon this rock, I build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Hades is described as having gates and eventually both 
Hades and Sheol are to be cast into the lake of fire, which is the final hell, or as I've been saying tonight, the big hell. The second division of hell is a place called Tartarus, T-A-R-T-A-R-U-S, right? T-A-R-T-A-R-U-S. It is another Greek word translated hell and is said to be a prison or jail, mainly for angelic beings that have sinned. It is also described as down in the earth and is a place of darkness where these angels are held until the great white throne judgment. And I want to actually read a scripture as it relates to that. Another reference is 1 Corinthians 6 verse 3, but I want to read 2 Peter chapter 2 verse 4 just to uh, back up what I just said from the scripture. Second Peter chapter two to verse four. It says, for if God spared not the angels that sin, but cast them down to hell. Remember we, we said that the word mean down, talking about down in the earth. Uh, God spared not the angels that sin, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment, unto the great white throne judgment. So that's Tartarus. Then the third division of hell is a place called the abyss, A-B-Y-S-S. The third division in the lower down parts, departments of earth is called the abyss. Again, this word speaks to the lower down parts of the earth. It is also referred to as the deep or the bottomless pit. It is translated various ways in both the Old and New Testament. And again, I want to reiterate the point that uh, it speaks to down in the earth. So Sheol or Hades speaks to down in the earth. That's the first division that we look at. And remember, I said that Hades is described as having gates. So it's like the, 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 the gateway into the other two departments, into the abyss and into Tartarus. So once you go through that gate, <laughs> Hades, there's no point of return. And we're seeing here, that according to uh, the, uh, what is said of the abyss, the abyss is the deep or bottomless pit. So Hades would be a gateway to go to the abyss. And so the word of God doesn't miss. And we have some scripture references. We're not gonna read them tonight, but if you want, uh, you can read them in your time. Ephesians chapter four, verse nine. We can look at Psalm 63, verse 9. There's Isaiah 44, 23. There is Psalm 88, verse 6. Ezekiel 26, verse 20. And a host of other scriptures. But as I said, the word abyss is translated various ways in both the whole Old or New Testament, the Old and New Testament. 
uh, careful studies will tell you exactly what it is saying at the different places that it is translated. As we close our session tonight on the doctrine of eternal states, for the umpteen time, I want to admonish you, I want to challenge you, I want to encourage you, I want to beg you to ensure that when we transition from this life, whether it be through death or at the time of the rapture, whichever way the transition takes place, you must make sure that we all meet on the right side of eternity. We thank you so much for joining us today. God bless you and have a great day. You may contact us by email at fcfmontegobay at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at fcfmobay and on Facebook at fcfmontegobay.